Jesus do miracles. They certainly got people's attention. Mark reports that Jesus became such a celebrity he could no longer enter a town openly because of the crowds that would gather. But what did Jesus want those crowds to know? That's what we will be exploring in this podcast. Why did Jesus do miracles? As we give our attention to Mark chapter 1 verse 29 through 2 verse 12. Let's pray. O Savior, what blessing to be near you and to listen to your voice. Let me ever love and fear you. Let your word still be my choice. Many hardened sinners, Lord, flee in terror at your word. But to all who feel sin's burden, you give peace and words of pardon. Amen. Last week, we heard of the dramatic events that took place when Jesus and his disciples attended the synagogue service in Capernaum. Jesus cast a demon out of a man, and everyone was amazed. Jesus has authority. Even the demons have to obey him. Well, they certainly had something to talk about on the way home from church that day. And before the day was over, they would have much more to talk about. Mark 1, verse 29. As soon as, there's Mark's favorite word again, immediately, translated here, as soon as. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon, we know him better as Peter, and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her. We sometimes forget the disciples had families. Peter, Andrew, James, and John had homes in Capernaum. When they reached Peter's house that day, they tell Jesus Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And it's much more serious than... Hey guys, I guess we're on our own for dinner tonight. Mom's not feeling well enough to cook. No, in those days, fever was often a symptom of a serious illness that could result in the liver or kidneys shutting down. Peter's mother-in-law is in a life-threatening condition. Do you think the disciples ever wondered, are Jesus' acts of compassion for us too? Or are they just when crowds of people are around to increase his fame and popularity? If they did wonder, Jesus answers, verse 31. So Jesus went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. So complete was the healing, so instantaneous she was able to serve the dinner. Her strength immediately returned. They were enjoying their evening meal, the sun had just set, indicating the Sabbath day was over. When they hear a noise outside the front door, a crowd has gathered. Sick people on stretchers, lame, carried, blind being led, demonized, brought by relatives and friends. It must have looked like a Red Cross station after a national disaster. Mark describes it this way, verse 27. That evening after sunset, Now that the Sabbath was over, they could carry their sick on stretchers. All those people who had heard what happened in the synagogue, these people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. 
He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Late into the night, miracle after miracle, diseases defeated, demons driven out. Imagine the joy as people went home, healed. And still, we come to Jesus with our problems and concerns, sometimes late at night. We can't see him, but we know he is there. We know that he hears and answers in the way that is best for us. Verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. In their mind, Jesus was too busy to go off by himself to pray. There was too much work to be done. Jesus, of course, knew better. He knew how important it was to talk with his father about the work he had to do and to ask for strength to do it. If that was true of Jesus himself during this time on earth, how much more true it must be for us. Verse 38. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. The disciples still had a lot to learn about Jesus' mission. He had not come to be a healer or a bread king. He had come to preach the good news. Verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Leprosy was a nasty disease. It could be extremely contagious and extremely lethal. So a diagnosis meant you were alone, at least mostly alone. You lived in the company of other lepers waiting to see if yours was the kind of leprosy that would cause your body to slowly rot, stinking more and more and function less and less. You reeked of death, and no one, naturally, would come near you, much less touch you. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, are you counting how many times Mark has used that word just in this chapter? Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus didn't look away from the man or cover his nose. He was deeply moved, but not with repulsion, but with compassion. How black and disgusting our hearts are with sin. How those sins must reek. And yet Jesus does not recoil at our uncleanness either. He reaches out in pity. He touches us. He gives us clean hearts. Jesus does not want to be known as a country faith healer. So, verse 43, Jesus sent the formerly leprous man away with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. But go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. 
But the man could not contain his excitement. So, verse 45, Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Jesus now avoided populated areas, but even in the middle of nowhere, people found him. But as his popularity grew, so did the opposition. Chapter 2, verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Think of a a crowded sporting event, people pushing up against each other. It, It becomes difficult even to move because there's bodies all around you. That was the situation. Verse 3, some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Imagine having no use of your legs and being carried around everywhere you went. But this man did have one thing, friends. And not only friends, but friends who believed in Jesus. How important it is for us, too, to have Christian friends, friends who share our faith. This man's friends did not give up easily. Verse 4. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus and digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. Imagine the owner of the house looking up and seeing four guys giving him an unrequested skylight. Imagine Jesus looking up and smiling when he saw their faith. Verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. What do you suppose the paralyzed man thought was his greatest need? Probably that he could walk, right? But Jesus knows better. We so often pray for physical needs, sick family to get well, our finances to get straightened out. How often we forget our greatest need is forgiveness. Jesus made it clear he was not saying to this man, God will forgive your sins. He was saying, I forgive your sins right here and right now. That didn't sit well with some of the religious teachers, verse 6. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? They were right, of course. I mean, think about it. Person A does something terrible to person B. Person C sees it and says to person A, that's okay, you are forgiven, not just for this, but for everything. Person B is going to have an issue with that. No human being can forgive all sins. Only God can forgive sins. It was their understanding of who Jesus is that was mistaken. Verse 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? Of course, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven. Who will know? 
But when you say get up and walk, now people are going to know if you have the power to do what you say. To show the people who he was and that he had authority to forgive sins, verse 10, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. The paralytic got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Which is easier to say? Get up and walk? Or your sins are forgiven. Which caused Jesus more pain? To heal the man, Jesus only had to give a command. To forgive him, Jesus would have to allow himself to be hung on a Roman executioner's rack. While his father abandoned him, punished him for every sin this man or you and I have ever committed. This miracle gives us insight into all of Jesus' miracles. Aside from demonstrating his power over creation and proving that he is God, and aside from showing that he is compassionate, his miracles do this. They show that the kingdom of God has come, that he has come to bring us peace with God. How? Through the forgiveness of sins won by his own suffering and death. That's what Jesus' miracles accomplished. That was the reason for them. They said the kingdom of God is here. Forgiveness is won through what Jesus has done for us. He's bringing us peace with God. If you find this podcast a blessing to you, please consider sharing it with someone else. You can point people to our church website and find the link there, or have them search for God's Word, Our Great Heritage, Again, God's Word, Our Great Heritage, wherever they get their podcasts. Next week, we'll hear about the calling of Matthew and the increasing opposition to Jesus' ministry. Until then, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.